I did, I did it. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. We didn't know if you're going to video call in or uh, we're trying to use this Zoom.us kind of conference calling thing because it'll really cool. uh -huh. um, And we're trying to see if that's the, the way we, we can, can kind of do sweat equity interviews and we'll probably keep even this part in the podcast. Uh, did you record it? It's. Re I think it's recording as we're going, right? I don't. Did you? Once you yeah. Record? Once you start. Once you start the uh, Zoom.us like meeting, it automatically starts recording. Should be top left. It does say it's recording. Yeah. Yeah, son. Yeah, I didn't know which one to use or how. To, I'm just on my phone. I don't have my computer here, so I just called the number. All good. I think the idea is to if you have the option to do video because we're trying to have more streaming options, uh, great. If not, we'll just talk to you uh, just like a normal audio podcast, and we'll have a boring still shot for the, the viewers. No, I'll, dude, I'll edit it. It'll well, be I edited I sick. just don't have that good of Wi-Fi here at my house. I could try to get on my computer and see if it'll work. No, nah, brother, it's all good. It's all good, man. Because uh, we, we try to keep this tight. We know your time, uh, you know. We want to keep everybody, everybody's... High-functioning adult. Uh, the third mic you're going to hear just stepped in the room. That's uh, Damien Alpazar, uh, two eight monkeys owner. I'm back, baby. Cool. Video, creative, all that stuff. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> how you been, man? It's been a while. I'm good. I've been good, man. I'm I'm really good. How about you? Uh, we were staring. I was staring at your book earlier. That's in our office. It's called Free Roll. For anybody listening and wants to go on and uh, support Mr. Tobler. And uh, did I tell you all how I met Brant? No. So I heard about his, uh, he's got legendary stories. Uh, and I heard him on Burt Kreischer's podcast about a month before the national championship of Auburn and FSU. Uh, and I was like, this guy sounds awesome to hang out with. And Brant's deal is he sneaks into. Okay. Stuff. All right. I got you. You um, have told me about. Yeah. One of his sneaking. One of his many gifts. He sneaks into like. As we met, I think it was 2013, it was either the 2013 season, so January 2014, uh, you, you were telling me that you snuck into that national championship with a, uh, I can remember this, a Norm MacDonald uh, lanyard pass when he had a sports show. <laughs> yeah. Question, is, is it really sneaking or do you just walk confidently? Because I think, I think sneaking is like you follow somebody. Yeah, walking confidently is part of it, but I did. It's a little sneaking of you need someone to turn their back or not really be paying attention. I, I luckily had, I snuck in this big gate and these people followed me. And then I just pretend like I was on the phone and the security guard had to make a decision who to stop. And luckily they uh, chose to stop the other couple and I just kept going and I made it in. That's a good tip. I did kind of have to sneak in this big gate and then, uh, but then uh, most of it is just. And then you know, and then when they tried to stop me, I just pulled up my lanyard and was like, "I'm doing the halftime show," and, and just kept going. The, but the Norm Macdonald uh, sports show pass is like the, that's the icing on it. That's, Did it say Norm Macdonald on it? Yeah, like it, it was uh, my buddy's like pass to get on the lot. He worked on the Norm Macdonald sports show, so I was like, "Well, this this should work as good as anything." So yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. And it was, well, we saw an incredible game. It was awesome. And then, luckily enough, you guys had a seat. Once I got in, somehow there was an open seat right by you guys. So I got to spend the whole second half with you guys, which was awesome. Yeah. So one of my best friends, Brendan T. Gleason, uh, 
used to be stand-up. I don't know if he, I don't think he does it as much anymore, but uh, knows all the people in the stand-up community in LA and stuff. And, um, and he was telling me he was friends with you. And I was like, no way. I just heard, I just heard his like whole life on Hertz podcast. That's awesome. And he's like, yeah, he's going to come up here. And I was like, oh, it's fucking cool. Um, and then I was in Boner Jam Heaven. Uh, Damien, you yeah. probably didn't see this game because it's college football. Um, oh, I thought you were referring to your Boner Jam. No, yeah, I no, haven't seen well, that. You haven't <laughs> seen that either. Uh, that unless you, the game title. Unless you're looking through the tight bike shorts I like to wear around here. But uh, what Auburn went up uh, kind of like a crazy lead. It was one of the, I can safely say, even though I'm on the losing end of this, it was one of the best national championship games. Florida State came back uh, and just like, but we saw Brendan crumbling because he's an FSU fan for three quarters, <laughs> like just melting. And I remember Brant just like, him and I were like whispering like, holy shit. This, and I'm like, I'm, don't jinx it, don't jinx it, bro. <laughs> and Brendan's like having like a mil- like a sport, you know the guys that take sports a little too seriously and like, Come on, come it affects on. their week. Oh, dude! It, Relationship like, with their wife. It, it definitely sucks. wrecks his, every Saturday. Florida State loses. He's definitely like depressed the rest of the day, it, kind of thing. <laughs> and so, I was like, "You can't even make jokes if it's such a lead." Like I couldn't even hate on him at that point, and I didn't want to do it because I had jinxed myself. And then I think I eventually did, and then we lost. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was a crazy game, and then I had to go on an FSU bus. It was me and one other Auburn person, and then like 40 FSU people who were really classy. I bet the they were cool about it. Oh, yeah. they were so cool? They were like, oh, fuck it. And you were on the bu- Did you ride the bus with us back? I can't yeah, remember. I rode the bus. I rode yeah. the bus back to, to Hollywood, which was awesome. It was in the, and you got dropped off at the comedy store, which was such a baller move, too. You <laughs> snuck in the national championship and then got dropped off on a party bus right in front of the comedy store, as I recall. Yeah, and there was that girl from the real world that I like always had a crush on that was super hot on the bus. And she was, like, dancing on the pole and shit. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Our buddy uh, DM, uh, RIP. She's, yeah. uh, she's passed away since, but uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she was so cool, and I remember just watching her on TV forever, and I was like, holy shit, that's DM. And she was super nice and just was so much fun. I was like, that was just the icing on the that, – the whole night was incredible. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Even, One of those you just can't duplicate. Like, if you try to duplicate it, it would, you would just mess it up. Yeah, it was just uh, – the, the, game, the game's crazy enough. Like, when you see a good game, that's like – that's you're, – you're like edging, basically. <laughs> Um, you know what edging is, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're basically like almost about to shoot it. And then like the, all the other things like partying beforehand, uh, at the tailgates and stuff and like, uh, Brant's crazy story and just glomming on, uh, as a stowaway under a bus and just other stuff. Just that, personally. that Brant found a seat to sit in. Uh, so not you really. In, you don't have a ticket. <laughs> it wasn't really a seat. It's, it was bench style, so it was one of those things where, oh, like... Oh, God. It sucks. Cross your legs, man. Squeeze in. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it in. And then everybody says uh, Rose Bowl's terrible, and I, I think it I think it's awesome to watch a game in because I think this there's a good view everywhere, but everybody says the opposite. So You're, you're an old man. You like it when stuff kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you improv with this podcast. Keep it yes yeah. and. So, what, uh, Brant, what's going on? I just... I didn't randomly. I had a. I didn't have a purpose for hitting you up. I just like, hey, it's been a while since I talked to you. Yeah. And uh, figured you might have something to promote or something going on, or just want to shoot the shit. Yeah. But entrepreneurship. Any any advice you have for the youngins out there 
that you've learned, that's kind of what this podcast is about, like real pragmatic, practical stuff. Well, you know, the only advice I would say, and I learned it writing that book, is just like, it's just such generic advice, but just keep going because you just don't, I didn't know, in hindsight, everything led me to, everything I've done, kind of, it all led there, but when I was going through it, I didn't realize it, which is, you know, like I, so now I I, I live, I left Los Angeles, I hated LA, and I live in Denver, and then nice. one of my friends moved up from Albuquerque, and then we start talking, and he was a big fan of Barstool Sports, which I didn't really know that much about, and now I have, I fly to New York uh, a Sunday morning to audition for Barstool for a week, which if I get this job, it'll change my whole life. So in some, it's like the most generic advice, but I didn't know what brought me to Denver. I just knew I wasn't happy in Los Angeles. And somehow all this kind of just came together. And now I think I'm going to get this job and it's going to be life changing, but. I've got a few ideas why you left LA. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, well, I, I, it's not, it's expensive. I, I, I left really the thing that broke me on staying there was, I've spent an average of three hours of my life in my car every day. And I, that was like killing me. That was like killing my soul. That's how I got started listening to podcasts. Cause I was just like, I need, yeah. I need something to distract me. So it was a good thing in a way. I'm glad mm-hmm. I did it, but I think if I stayed there, I would have been kind of miserable fighting through that every day. Yeah. Think about three hours. Think about that. No, well, that's advice too. If you're miserable, just change it. I, I'm surrounded by people in my life. Like I, I grew up in a small town in Wyoming and some of these people never leave and they're miserable. I'm like, you got to just change it. Your your hometown will always be there. You can always go back. But, you know, that, that's one thing that I've, as I got older, I changed with like people in my life that I think are toxic or I just, you know, I just get rid of stuff that's not, you know, anyone that was like an angry drunk, in my early 30s, I was like, man, I'm too old. Uh, this isn't fun. And I uh, I eliminated them from my life, even though some of them were friends for a long time. But it was some of the best decisions I ever made. And like I said, leaving L.A. was the best decision. I should have probably left six months earlier. But I was, you know, <laughs> if you're miserable, change it. I, yeah. I hate pouting. That would be my advice to younger people. Don't pout. If you don't like something, change it. It's about the theme of this show, man. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. no bitching. It's good to bitch for a little bit, get it out of your system, but don't make your yeah. life victimizing. You know, like yeah. Well, yeah, it's because of them, but the, yeah. you know, some people. It's just I, I'm just surrounded by it. Uh, there's just a couple of people in my life that I keep telling them, just you got to change it yourself. <laughs> just complaining to everybody all the time on Facebook and nonsense. You're wasting your time and everybody else's just you got to go for it sometimes. I mean, that's that, you go for it all the time, actually. That's good hustle advice. I mean, uh, you, you either do it on purpose or subconsciously, but the overhead, I call it the, the friends that are overhead, the ones that cause a lot of drama to, to take from you instead of adding to your life. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. The one way friends. Um, yeah. It's uh, you got to cut that overhead just like any business expense. That's just, yeah. part of your budget. Yeah, I left in LA is like it wasn't real friendships and like that's what I love about <laughs> having a regular life now. Like I go to my friends' kids' soccer games or we do barbecues or I have Yourself. a real life with real people. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Do you when sit they... with their parents at least? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With their parents, of course. Okay. Yeah. Don't sit by yourself. I know. I, yeah. There's always, sometimes there's like the one guy by himself. I'm like, does this guy have a kid here or is he just scouting? Start pairing <laughs> yeah, him no, off. Uh, yeah. That one's accounted for. That I, one's I, accounted for. I've been watching Little League Baseball all morning on TV, but I, I wouldn't go out to the games by myself. That's a little <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And some yellow tinted glasses. No, everything's yeah. cool. Blue blockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, that, no, that is good advice. That is, uh, if you're wanting to do something uh, off mic all day today, Eric and I have been talking about time and, and labor capacity and what, what your ability kind of is. And I think you kind of have to figure out how much time you actually have in a day. There's the whole Warren Buffett thing of like, everybody has the same amount of time deal, which makes you feel like a piece of shit. Because he's, <laughs> he's a billionaire. Easy for his ass to say. Right. But uh, it's the th- it is true though. It's very easy to get complacent and make these um, hurdles and go, Hey, I don't, ha- I can't do this because I don't have enough time or I don't have enough of this. And then, when you really get into, because I consider comedians entrepreneurs, even though they won't, but you have to hustle. You, it really like, like there's so many talented guys that are really funny, but they don't get anywhere sometimes because they don't, they don't even think about the business side because they want to be a romantic creative, you know? Right. How often do you yeah. guys um, do your little, I mean, because you came to the conclusion that LA was not for you. How often do you guys do your little evaluation of, do I really like this, or is this just a sucky day, or is this just a sucky month, or is this a sucky life? All the time, every minute yeah. of my life. It's not. It's yeah. being a stand-up. You're super introspective all the time because you have to pull material, so you're always kind of up your own ass a little bit. I think, Brand, what do you, what yeah, do you think? yeah, I think about it a lot, especially as I get older, just because you just don't make any money, and it just gets so draining being broke. You mean, you gotta hustle so hard, but it's uh. <laughs> The job itself is great, but just all the crap that comes with it is uh, makes me question sometimes if I uh, if it's all worth it. So, Brand, are you allowed to talk about the barstool sports job that you're looking at? What's, yeah, what's it yeah, gonna be so like? It's just, yeah, it's just a big. Uh, they had like a open audition thing where like twenty thousand people uh, uh, signed up or. or tried to make it they called barstool idol and then so they narrowed it down to like 36 of us and we went out to new york and now they narrowed it down to 12 so there's 12 of us going for uh if you you win a job essentially so you win a six-month contract so uh just for me it would be life-changing because they have such a big you know they have such a big fan base which i think is is my fan base you know, a lot of these stories of me sneaking in or getting drunk or doing it is really relatable to like the 20 to 35 year old dudes. Trying to kill your dad. If I get it, I would do my <laughs> podcast and do content for him, but then it would uh, solve all my money problems because I'd probably be able to sell out almost any club in the country. So it's, yeah. a, it's a huge, it's a huge moment for me. And I'm at this point where I'm like, because I'm here in Denver and I love Denver, but I've made it to the top of the Denver comedy chain you would say but there's just no money in it so if for some reason i don't get this barstool job i think i'm gonna take a radio job when i get back just because uh hmm. i need a, i need a life change here yeah i'm no. 40 i want to get married i want to have kids and i can't really do that making 25 dollars a night so um, I, as someone who has 
is married. You don't and has have kids. to get married, dude. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, We're all married. It may not be that great. No. <laughs> <laughs> the grass is always okay, green. I, I want kids. I want kids. I should say that the kids are cool. You can adopt from China. And shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, you don't have to marry to have the kids. I mean, we've proven no, that, that is, over time and time again. That is true, but it's, uh, <laughs> well, there, there it's is a hard, that. It's a hard sales pitch right now to most women <laughs> in my life. Hey, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not going, going for it. That is something interesting that I haven't really brought up on the podcast, but you do think about when you have kids, and it, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, but you're at that age where you're not legacy necessarily, like what am I leaving on this world, but you kind of think about like, have I been constructive with my time, or like, have I been... Const- did I come in enough women? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I go raw dog enough to have, for one lifetime, or right. do I need to make yeah. up for lost time? Right. Well, I mean, I think down at the end of the day, we can we can try to say we're evolved creatures. But at the end of the day, there is every cell in your body is screaming at you at some point. Dude, you got to reproduce. You, you got you yeah. got you got to like pass this awesomeness or not awesomeness on. Trust me, there's been times I thought about like, should I? Do I really want to pass on this <laughs> awesomeness? <laughs> well, no, it's about, you're y'all are about this. You and Brain are about the same age, and it's it's uh, it's better to later in life, right? Because You've made a lot of the errors uh, that you know you may make if you had a kid in your twenties. Yeah, I would have slapped my twenty-five-year-old self, and if you had had a kid, I'd have been like, and you, you dumbass. Your business partner uh, Hector, and I love him, but he had a kid early, early, and that was it's life-changing. It's life-changing, and it it's hard to be entrepreneurial. It's not impossible, but it's hard. You know, it makes it a lot more difficult to uh, not take a corporate job or something like that. So yeah. Um, anything we can do with the barstool sports stuff? Can we, uh, if we get this episode out, you said this Sunday? Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, they're doing it like a reality show. So we all come in and stay at a house and, uh, and then they eliminate us each day. They eliminate people. So I don't think there's any like voting or anything. I mean, I appreciate it. If you, I think it'll be, if anybody's a barstool fan, I think it'll air, but yeah, if you, uh, if you watch it, Feel free to tweet at Barstool and tell them I'm the right guy uh, for oh. the hire would be great. But I, don't, I think that's the bad part about it. It's so out of my control that I wish I could just pitch what I really have to bring to Barstool, but they want content. So, like, I know last year's contest, they, like, oiled, oiled up a fat guy and made everybody keep their hand on him the longest. and So it's going to be that's probably cool. a lot of shit like that that I just got to do. And just One be big game of okey cookie. Are you prepared to do that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's not what I got into comedy for, but I just see the the prize at the end is well worth it. So I, uh, and I don't mind embarrassing myself, or I don't take myself too seriously. So I, uh, I'll do whatever. I I just want to win because I think it would, it would. uh, If I could, if I just put my podcast on their network, I'd have a top twenty podcast in a week, which would be life changing. So I'll do whatever nonsense they want me to do. And that podcast is the 33, right? 31. 31, excuse me. God damn it. 31, yeah. Your stats have been on. Fuck. Are you going to make up for that too? <laughs> Fucking fuck. Sometimes it's the 33. No, I, I thought... Sometimes I ask two extra questions. I was like, I think his he's got an... I'm big on jersey numbers and numbers in general with any sports people. And I was yeah. like, I think his number's 33. And I should have just looked it up. I've... Consecutive podcast episodes, I fucked this. I fucked up royally. <laughs> Never gonna live that one. Down. I'm, gonna, I'm like Japanese uh, in that. If I get it wrong, I have to go punish myself. <laughs> Very bad. Um, but 
I would say what we will do is we, since we are good at Facebook advertising, we will take part of, part of this episode and push it to the Barstool Sports uh, fans and uh, and try to have some kind of graphic on there. Leave yeah, some or just comments. You know, what? just tell your uh, tell your fans just go buy my book and uh, listen to my album on Spotify because if I do get this job in New York, I'm going to need money. So that's actually what I need the listeners to do. Go buy my book on Amazon, and when you fall asleep at night, just put my CD on repeat. You don't even have to have the volume on, but get me some listens on Spotify. Yeah, if you need, if you can go, uh, you can get some dark web traffic and uh, and get them to do the spins like a lot of uh, the record companies do. It's huge in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, they just look at numbers. Agency, yeah. A lot of agencies don't know shit. I didn't say it was a bad thing. There's a lot of that going on in of comedy. Of just gave away everything. Now how's he going to sneak through the gate and get his spins up? Uh, if, look, if, you know, Brand, you become fast friends with a lot of comedians, and even though we weren't even doing stand-up, I, I got his brand. We became fast friends, uh, and you become fast friends with a lot of people because you just do a weekend here and there, and like it's weird because you kind of know them by their stand-up too when you start watching their stuff. Uh, uh-huh. And so that's how I feel with him. If anybody can figure out anything like that, it's going to be Brant. If we figure it yeah. out, <laughs> he can figure it out for sure. Um, yeah. We'll, yeah, man, we'll put a link. We'll put a link to all that stuff in the uh, episode description. And, cool, uh, I, I appreciate that. That'll any, help. Anything else going on, man? Uh, before we no. uh, skedaddle? I'm. I'm. Uh, you can just go to brantsober.com, see shows. I, I, if anybody in Vegas is listening, I'll be Vegas September 10th through the 18th, and then I don't know. If you come to Denver, just come hang out with me, drink beer, or come what? see me in New York, hopefully. And watch uh, watch your video. This is not happening. It's on yeah. cc.com, Comedy Central. It's the best one, dude. Yeah, you have the best story. Thank Pretty you, man. Easily. I appreciate it. It was so it was cool to. I always wanted to do that show, and uh, when I finally got the opportunity, it was so so cool to get to do it. Yeah, man. That that is uh, one of the best stories I think in comedy going on. So and, perfect. And it's uh, thank you. It there's no way. You're making any of that because no. it does because you are the you you're the fault. Yeah. It doesn't make you look good, you know. Like at parts in parts of it, so that's how you know it's like it's pretty legit. It's awesome. Yeah. What sometimes if people say, up? ask if I made it up. I go, why would I make that up? I, <laughs> if I made I make up a cool story. Why this isn't a fun story, really? But you know, I think what you did in the beginning of the story, if I remember correctly, you start out with I I had I tried. You tell me the first line of it. Because I think you start out with that. I started with like, uh, this is the time I tried to kill my dad. And then I say, right. trust me, it's hilarious or something to try to break it up a little bit. But well, So think about telling a story on stage, right? And you basically tell the, the climax of it in the beginning and just, uh, you almost do it in return. Dig your own hole. Right. And yeah. it's like, It'll work out of this. It's so crazy. That sounds so like extreme in, uh, in a crowd and they don't know how to react. I like it. No, it's all, no, it's great. It's 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 how. Yeah, you know what they they told me to do, or they we kind of talked about doing it like that because they have a lot of famous people on there, and obviously I'm not famous at all. So they're like, I submitted some of the other stories I had, like just sneak in or like Josh Jackson bang my girlfriend, or one time I threw a roulette ball at a at a pit box that kicked out of a casino. The stories I like to tell that are funny and fun. Mike Vanderjack. They're like yeah, the Vanderjack story. They're like. Uh, <gasps> We need to kill your kicker? dad, Corey. I was like, all right. So Can you tell me? So then, 
Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, can you talk? I got excited about the Vanderjack story. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Jeff ended up telling uh, – he told it on, on this not happening. I wish – you know, Jeff's my best friend, but he's not a very good storyteller. I wish they would have let Jeff me. Died. But he's famous, so I get it. That's just how L.A. works. But uh, can, yeah, you, the, uh, can you give a curtailed version? Because Eric's – I see a little rise in his pants. Oh, I love it. Uh, and, yeah. it, and it, it was only because he had the history with Peyton Manning calling well, it, the idiot kicker. And it happened in Florida about three hours uh, south of us. So uh, yeah. it's a little relevant. I'll give you the short, the short, short version. So I, well, I used to be, I worked for a bunch of professional gamblers and actually one of the, the first huge bets I lost, I had the Colts to win the AFC and then uh, Vanderjack choked this kick and I, I hated him for it forever. And then I'm a diehard Broncos fan. So they had got Peyton Manning and Vanderjack is famous for for talking shit about Peyton Manning, and then uh, and then Peyton said he's just uh, our kicker got all liquored up and ran his mouth. So we stumbled into this bar in Marco Island, Florida, called Bandy's. And as I got in there, I was like, "This is definitely Vanderjack's bar." There was cold stuff all over. So I asked where Vanderjack was at, and they're like, "He doesn't come in because his wife caught him banging one of the waitresses." And he and one of the kids kept calling him wide left that he was coaching, like a 12-year-old. And he choked out this 12-year-old. So everybody in Marco Island thought he was like a, a, a dumbass that he is. So as we were sitting there, I was like, we should steal something from Vanderjacks to give to Peyton Manning. So Jeff walked all around the bar, but everything was screwed in pretty tight to the wall. And then as we were leaving, there was two frames right by the front door and it was his autographed game worn pro bowl jersey and then edron james's autographed pro bowl game worn jersey these wow. huge frames and we uh we took and and jeff's like a super good looking famous guy so he had girls always around him so these girls took us we were staying in this penthouse we took these jerseys back to the penthouse busted them out of the frames and we were wearing them around like we were pro bowlers and then the next day we told the comedy club hey we stole these jerseys we thought it was a funny prank comedy club owner got mad as he should have we were we were idiots and he's like hey you got to take those back so we took the jerseys we threw them back in these broke frames we took them back and just set them on the patio so then two nights later it's our last night in marco island and we were bombing the shows were awful they were in like a seafood restaurant and it was just rich white people that just hate we just bombed the whole weekend it is a tough game. <laughs> it is really tough. It starts at show start at nine thirty. Who booked that? Who thought that was a good idea to book? The the guy I who owns know. it, Captain Brian, the guy who owns it's really cool guy. He's really nice. Uh, younger for a comedy club owner. It's a seafood restaurant. It's all Marco Island is like it. It it's like a it's one of the richest little islands in Florida, basically. And well, you, it's an island. But you can't like. Nope. There's nothing going on, so everybody kind of comes there. And so it's all blue hairs, and then you're trying to do jokes about. I remember like doing a joke about Twitter or something, and they're like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's like a. I think it was like it's like a Telegraph. It's like you the guys remember that? TV. And then uh, just I lost. It, it was food. awful, and we were bombing. The only good thing was you got all the food you wanted, the seafood. So I would just sit there and bomb. But in my head, I'm like, when I get off stage, I'm getting crab legs, I'm getting mm-hmm. lobster. I try to eat them out of. I would just punish him. So anyway, on the last night, we bombed for the last time, and we went out to try to find some girls or do something, and every bar was dead, and we asked somebody at this bar, we're like, where's everybody at? They're like, oh, everybody's at Vandy's, because it's his birthday, and the people driving us around, like, you guys can't go to Vandy's, 
he stole his jerseys. We're like, whatever, we're going. Because we were drunk, and then we got there. We're like, where's Vanderjack at? And they're like, he wasn't there. So we got drunk, and we had this dumb idea of, like, nothing would be more gangster than to steal Vanderjack's jersey, give it back, and then come back and steal it again on his birthday. <laughs> so we started, like, looking around in you know, like, going back towards the office, trying to figure out where they put it, because it wasn't hanging back up because we had busted the frames. And I found it in, like, this conference room. And then so we stole it again. And then the next morning, Jeff at the time was doing this prank show on MTV. So he had to leave Marco Island at, like, 5 in the morning. And I was supposed to go meet him in Raleigh, North Carolina, in, like, three days. And uh, I woke up, and there was a call from one of the staff of the comedy club, like, hey, you better get off the island. The police are looking for you. They know you stole Vanderjack's jersey. So I had to call this girl in Naples and have her come pick me up. And then I hid out in Naples for a while. So then – we flew back to LA, didn't think any, we're like, what are they going to do? Extradite us and, you know, over this Jersey. But what ended up, and Vanderjack would call us and we'd have these voicemails. We still have these voicemails from Vanderjack that are funny. Cause he'd call, he'd be like, Hey, it's me, Vandy. Just so you know, there's cameras right above you. I saw you guys steal my jersey. He was just such a jerk off. He called himself Vandy. He, yeah. He called himself Vandy. Oh, he was like, give me my jerseys back. And we're like, no, we're not giving them back. We didn't care. We were just like, whatever. And then, of course, lawyers got involved. And then uh, what we didn't realize, it was his game-worn Pro Bowl jersey. So they said since it was one of a kind, it's like valued at like $20,000. So it'd be like a, a felony. So we had to sign. We had to send them $3,000 for the frames and send the jersey back. And we signed a – he tried to get us to sign this uh, – some contract that said we wouldn't talk about it, but obviously I don't care much about that since I just told it and we told it on Comedy Central. So, so then fast forward, my friend saw Vanderjack at a charity golf tournament in Phoenix, and he asked him, and they, he was signing autographs. And my boys were like, "Hey, you know, Diane Tobler said hi," and he said, and he just told him to fuck off, and he walked away. And then we text Vandy and said, "Hey, man, we want to just call it cool. We're doing shows at Tempe Improv. If you want to come." We want to apologize and buy you a beer, and and he uh, he just replied, "Fuck off," <laughs> and never talked to us after that. Sounds like a compassionate guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were dumbasses to steal his jerseys, but we thought it was a prank, and it was fun. There's a lot more to the story, but I don't. It's, it's no, no, that, that's, that's, that's pretty great as it is. Yeah. I'm telling you, Brant is. But the highlight of it was I was really trying to take it to i thought peyton manning would become my friend if i delivered him this jersey that's how dumb i am i, like, <laughs> I bring you this offering peyton <laughs> yeah you did you did breeze by that like like without the comedy if you weren't comedians you'd just be freaks like peyton, yeah. peyton would love this well you know what's You'll crazy about cow. it then so then i told it on like the crappies i told that story on a bunch of podcasts and then this kid went down there with his family to Marco Island on like a family vacation and he went to Vandy's and then he tried to steal the jersey <laughs> and he and he got caught and then he ended up in jail <laughs> and on like a three-day weekend so his he was with his family on like a Friday night the story I was told he tried to steal it he like took the frame off and put it outside by the bushes the chef saw him called the police he ended up in jail and then his he couldn't he was stuck in jail because it was a three-day weekend till Tuesday and his parents and everyone obviously hate him for trying to be and like you. me and Jeff. <laughs> and now he's got a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what that jail cell's like. It is literally the average age is like seventy. Oh, it's it's like him in a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, hey, buddy, I, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, oh, I yeah. remember why we started talking. I heard you on Cousin Sal's podcast, Against All Odds, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, good for you, man. And oh, yeah. I was like, was come awesome. on, ours. Yeah. I, got, I got lucky that Artie didn't show up. Because <laughs> <I know>, I've <laughs> known Sal for a while, because Jimmy Kimmel's little sister is like my best friend. So I've always asked. It's like one of those things people are always like, dude, you got the stories, but you're just not famous. So I always have to wait for something like that to get on, but... It, it yeah, worked really, out cool. And I'll, I'll dovetail that into plugs for you. Uh, read read your book, Free Roll, uh, and find the podcast, The 31, um, on all things wherever podcasts are found. Anything else? Yeah. Barstool? Yeah, and uh, if you – and subscribe to podcast listeners. My book's on Audible, so if you I, – I read – I did the audio for my book, so a lot of people, nice. if you want to – if you've got a five-hour drive or something or a boring day at work, just throw in the earphones and you can uh, – you can hear the stories. I'm I, I'm a dumbass. Dropped out of junior college. I never thought I wrote a book. I'd write a book, but uh, I'm super proud of it. I think it's a uh, it's a really good book. I'm shocked myself. I wrote it, which is a kind of a funny thing. People, a lot of people in my life are very loyal to me, and I got this message so many times. Like, hey, I bought your book just you know to support, but it's actually really good, <laughs> which <laughs> makes me laugh because I think what they were saying is like I thought it would be shitty. But it's like really good, so it's that can't be compliment. compliment I keep getting. But hey, people go with a low expectation, and you shock them. That's yeah, awesome. I get a lot of that yeah. after shows. I didn't think you were going to be any good, but you're we're okay. And you're like okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, and also if you follow Brand on any social media, he he's living the life of uh, fun and uh, throws a lot of great, gracious, grateful kind of uh, posts out there that. Uh, he's doing a lot of crazy stuff all the time, so it's always like yeah. you get the phone. I'm a, a little more him. crazy before I find this wife and have a kid. So follow me for <laughs> nine more months, getting someone pregnant tonight. Dude, give yourself more time. You get, you're giving her like first date. <laughs> yeah, bam. And you, we're not we're not fucking on the first date. You're not the wife material I'm looking for. <laughs> for the hustlers out there, just follow him and just watch how many things he does in a year, and you'd be really shocked. That's that's like kind of how you need to live your life. All right, bud, I appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much anytime. for having me on, man. Thank anytime you, you want to come on. Soon, hopefully. Let me know. I'll, I'll uh, you got in Tampa for sure. You got uh, you can come up in this office and we can get crazy. Yeah, and we got to go to a game again. That was an incredible night. So I'll get I'm a down. ticket this time and we'll have fun. All right, brother. All right, bud. Thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. See ya.